Hey everyone, before we get started with today's episode, I have a quick announcement. We're doing Life's But a Song live! It's a live episode where I got some besties of the pod together to come and sing a song from one of their episodes. So on Sunday, February 19th at 4pm, come on down to see Life's But a Song live at the Lori Beachman Theater here in New York City! Tickets are $15. There's a $25 food and drink minimum. There's a link also in my Instagram bio with all of this information. But yes, come on down to see us sing and perform and, you know, also celebrate the podcast. And it's also my birthday. Yes, it's my Bobby birthday this year. So come on down to the Lori Beachman Theater, Sunday, February 19th at 4 p.m. Uh, here in New York City. And... On with the episode. Life's but a song, so you can sing along with a special guest star too. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a very special guest. We're doing something different. She's going to be on the next three episodes, everyone. It's Sierra Ryan. Woo! Get used to me. Get Again. used to this, Get used to this voice. <laughs> Sierra, how are you? I'm good, John. I'm so, good. So, I usually have my guests pick things, but this time I was like, Sierra. I want to do a three episode arc with you. And you said, where do I, where do I say, where do I sign? So. And you were the God you were saying, we are, we are watching this. We are, we are talking about this. (laughs) We're researching this. And And Gene Kelly is in two of these movies that we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Well, this is the one though, that we're, that doesn't have Gene Kelly. This first one. Yes. But it's connected. They are all connected and all all will be made, uh, all points will be connected, dotted and everything at the end of the the next two episodes. So clear um, as mud. Yes. So this one that we're talking about today, as you can tell from looking at the episode, is Down to Earth. It's a 1947 Rita Hayworth movie. Yes, Down to Earth is a common movie name for a couple other ones. Uh, And there's a good reason for that. We'll get to it in a second. The screenplay for this is by Edwin Blum and Don Hartman. Music by Doris Fisher. Lyrics by Alan Roberts. Directed by Alexander Hall. And according to IMDb, Upset about a new Broadway musical's mockery of Greek mythology, the goddess... Uh, Terpsichore comes down to earth and lands a part in the show. She works her charms on the show's producer and he incorporates her changes into the show. Unfortunately, her changes also produce a major flop. So. Yes. Terpsichore. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I honestly had never heard of this movie until you said we're watching this. Okay. So this was a, this was a, uh, a blast from out of left field for me. (laughs) So I came up with this idea for this series based off of an episode on how did this get made? They Uh, covered Xanadu Mm -hmm. and in it, they talked about 
how it's based off of Down to Earth. And also Gene Kelly's character in Xanadu is the say has the same name in the movie Cover Girl. And so what our episodes will be, and I will probably announce them at the same time, is that we're doing Down to Earth now, Xanadu is next, and then Cover Girl will be the third one. And all will be revealed by Cover Girl. Yes. And so who else but Sierra? Hey. Hey, hello. She likes classic Hollywood. She <laughs> loves Gene Kelly. I love Kelly. Gene Kelly and classic Hollywood movie, movie, movie musicals in particular. Right. But this one doesn't star Gene Kelly. And are you okay with that? I'm fine with movies that don't star Gene Kelly, you know, or even moderately feature him. I'm fine with those. Um, but I think there's a reason we'd never really, as modern audiences, heard of this movie, except for the fact that it's been remade into, I think, like, Heaven Can Wait with, um, well, you know, and other movies that have the same kind of idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. So, in, so there was the movie Here Comes Mr. Jordan that precedes right. this one also directed by Alexander Hall, mm-hmm. also starring uh, Edward Everett at, uh, Horton mm-hmm. as Messenger yep. uh, 7013 and James Gleason as Max Corkle, different mm-hmm. Mr. Jordans. Right. And so I feel like this movie isn't really a sequel to Here Comes Mr. Jordan. It's a similar thing it's as like... It's in the same universe, but the agent is still... It's a same people it's, it's the same yeah. agent he who he mentions he mentions the the boxer that he was an agent for which was the character that in here and here comes mr jordan that got sent back down to earth yeah yeah this, so fe- this feels like this feels like a season two or as like yeah. um shock treatment is the equal to rocky horror picture show they don't consider yeah. it the sequel i think this is in the same vein, because like they they love to remind us about here it's comes Mister Jordan. It's the same, uh, you know, universe. It's the same metaverse, I guess. <laughs> Do you I think know. though that this could have worked without the Mister Jordan tie-in? Like, like yeah, I mean, by itself, I think it has an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I I just I mean, shocker for those who uh, heard any sort of. Any sort of uh, lack of enthusiasm in my voice, it's just not a very good execution to no. me. And Rita no. Hayworth, Rita Hayworth um, is literally godsend in this movie, I yeah. feel like. She she lightens up everything, but, uh, and there was, there were certainly some wonderful performances, some mm-hmm. wonderful moments, but... Mm-hmm. For me, I would have watched this movie as in my, you know, 15 year old MGM musical phrase. I would have been like, yay. And what else? What's next? Out there? What what else is on the blockbuster video uh, shelf? Because eh, there was like one moderately interesting song and then the rest was like, what the fuck is going on right. on the screen? And there's a lot of logistics and of course, as a performer right now, I'd be like, and we can go into like the, the, how you say terpsichore, is that, is it terpsichore or terpsichore? Maybe I'm just. Mi- I thought they said terpsichore. Terpsichore. Okay. So terpsichore, how she gets her claws into this show is just, like, I wanted to 
yell so bad <laughs> as a fellow performer i wanted to be like okay we we can get into that well so okay so tripsickery is yeah. one of the nine muses yes up in not heaven not heaven but in an afterlife yeah the above life the, the above not, life yeah the above yeah. life um, many many and, god eras <laughs> and here's about this show now the song kiss of the muse that starts the movie wasn't that terrible i feel like i thought the 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 one that was about uh the, the tight harmony and um the absolutely the wonderful uh jazz you know and the, and the lyrics are really cute and wonderful and there's a list of artists inspired by the muses and at one point i really wanted to like end of the world as we know it wanted to yell leonard bernstein like, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of clever uh lyrics i really liked and here's a here's a quiz because um the the oh no per- i didn't study <laughs> yeah i did no the person who uh who sang the song it uh, the 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 actress was adele jurgens but it was voiced by k star dubbed by k star okay. who originally co- recorded the christmas song man with the bag man with a bag because christmas is coming again oh. uh, see we'll be here yeah that. i don't i don't think i know this yeah. song oh mr kringle is soon gonna <gasps> yes. jingle okay. the okay. bells that'll tingle so that's 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 her voice and she has a fabulous jazz alto like just beautiful voice so i i really liked the opening song i agree yeah, everyone's dubbed in this movie i feel yeah, like everyone is dubbed well so uh, i don't think rita hayworth is a singer to begin with no she was she's a she was a decent uh dancer she could keep along i don't think she was a very graceful dancer but she was absolutely gorgeous so and yeah a and we see that in this movie yeah exactly when she yeah. overcorrects everything overcorrects yeah she was actually dubbed um by the same woman who dubbed her in gilda um i was reading that yes anita ellis is the uh rita hayworth's dub who saying who saying uh put the blame on mame in gilda so if you, you know, hear the same voice you know what else yeah. is really interesting yeah you said you didn't like this movie neither did rita hayworth apparently oh really she was uh not very excited about it huh well so yeah this is okay so this one it felt like they were a little too heavy-handed being like remember mr jordan here comes mr jordan everyone we love to here comes mr jordan we're just gonna use that and i was just like but don't make it your own like yes it's great to have like the connection and everything but like i don't know yeah i know i i liked i love you know you introduced him him as the messenger edward everett horton as a character actor is one of my favorites he was great he was in most not most but uh a great deal of the uh fred astaire and ginger rogers movies playing like the manager or the agent or the Uh... best friend or the traveler and he he is the king of being the straight man but then like 
losing his shit and then doing a double take and and like there's so many moments where someone will tell him something and he'll nod and go oh yes what you know it's that kind of oh okay the the comedy king of double takes and and like always the side friend the side friend there's this wonderful scene and i can't remember which movie but um Gene Kelly, oh, sorry, Gene Kelly. Fred Astaire is um, is in a in a, a p- apartment complex that is above uh, Ginger Rogers, and he is tap dancing, and he has to make it l- sound like he's still tap dancing up on the on the thing. So he has Edward Ever Horton like start tap dancing in his place, and so there's this like very character man who has no idea how to tap dance, like trying to trying to do a little <laughs> tap dance in a Fred Astaire style, and it's a very cute moment. But th- that's he's always kind of the put upon, um, you know, guy who gets gets things shoved on his shoulders, and he has to push through and and we all relate to him in some way i love him as an actor and like to go back to this movie though i kind of like the idea of it you know they're doing a play or a musical about some figure that we call we consider fans not not real but also it's they're not real or whatever and they're like no i am real this is my story this is the history it just feel like I'm gonna, though, come, in, I'm gonna come in and and, and, and correct everything. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like I don't know. There was I I don't know where I think it was the fact that they were just hammering in the here comes Mr. Jordan yeah. side of everything and fame, and I was like, okay, I didn't need that. Yeah. The other problem that that goes all the way to the very end of the entire movie with the finale that is performed at the very end and also the one woman two guys sequence um a se- oh you look like <laughs> for those listening john just made this like oh yeah that was oh, in this movie oh, ah. right. but like the story within the 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 movie the 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 play within the movie the musical yeah. within the movie makes no fucking internal logic sense you're right it It doesn't like i don't if this is not kiss me kate which is an amazing production where you understand what the show going on within the movie is doing and then you see the backstage but you you're constantly watching this a a, a logical story and in this in down to earth you're just like okay i get that this is rita hayworth having some fun with two dudes and then later two soldiers and then her and this other random woman like it's you know the end of on the town or something like that but there's there i just it are you talking about this can't be legal yes where it's about polyamory yeah (laughs) i i i wrote down i think it was like it's a it's an advertisement for the mormon faith i'm like what the hell is going on i wrote down this song is weird and seems to go on forever it went on forever forever forever, yeah forever and the same the same catchy uh lyrics that were in the opening number were nowhere near it was like they gave up and were like on a on a some sort of uh time crunch to get the lyrics out for 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 this this trio and then the two random guys that come in at the end and parachute in i was just like <laughs> I, I forgot about that 
<laughs> Sorry, we, even... I watch these movies back oh. to back. So my brain is just like, what's happening in this movie I that we're talking remember. about right now? <laughs> but there, but there's this, but in, in, in even if the if the song itself is over the top and ridiculous, there still has to be some logic that the audience can kind of go, okay, I can see this belonging in an overall story and it just it, there's a reason why i think terpsichore hated that scene and didn't want to do it and you don't want also, it you don't want it to happen you want it you want to see either her resistance throughout the scene and that's like her you know right. working through it or you have to make it so good that she's like, oh, this is kind of fun. Okay, yay. And then we fall into it as audience members. But halfway through that song, I'm like, what are we doing here? But what like, here? but like, it's also about a threesome. Like, let's be real. Well, yeah. And <laughs> like, okay. I, get, I get it though. Cause like when they do the book scene where it's just her and crap, what's his name? The, oh, the, the lead, the lead writer slash, um, is he also uh, in the show? Danny Miller? Is he also yeah, in the show? He's he's played by Larry Parks and he's one of the soldiers and he's, you know, it's the it's the idea that okay, we're going to we're not going to hire someone to play the writer. We're just going to it's his show and he's going to be acting okay. in it and that kind of thing. So yeah. So like when when the two of them when she, when there's the scene in the play of Kitty, the name that Tripsickery comes up with. Yeah. <laughs> which <No. laughs> which in that for a hot second um oh wait that makes sense super pin in that then uh, okay. <laughs> um i feel like that scene made more sense because she's obviously resisting and she's like no this yeah. isn't i've done my own research and blah 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 yeah. and like her and my, uh, my god is my dad is not what was it not Dionysus? Zeus. It's Zeus it's, or something. No, no, it's not Zeus. It's, it's not Zeus. Dionysus. It's Dionysus. Yeah, yeah. So you know. So like that scene made sense, but then when we get to this can't be legal, like you said, there is no resistance. There's like her performing for us, right? Yeah, even though it's a rehearsal, so whatever. Right. <laughs> I and... love per- I love perfectly shot rehearsals. I just love them. Like when they're just like, okay, like one in take. White Christmas, like in White Christmas, <laughs> like in um, there's a wonderful then there's no business like show business. It's just it's just for the benefit of the audience. That's the point. <laughs> and there's no there's no actual realism to it whatsoever. Can you imagine if they have to do that again? <laughs> like, okay, so um, Kitty, can we make sure that when you grab the both the guys, you do it by the collar instead of the, you know, the shirt tail or whatever it is? Like, can we do this? That can we just those sixteen bars? <laughs> and uh, I also like that. Um, it's so dumb, but like when they were like, "Hey, what's your name?" and obviously she's not gonna. Well, okay, backtrack even more. Backtrack okay. even more. Yeah. So Chip Zickery comes to Earth, right? And she's like, I'm going to fuck some shit up because you guys are fucking my life up, my my story up. And so she just magically joins the chorus at, in a rehearsal. And that is her superpower. I will say as a goddess, that could be your superpower. And she she senses the the, you know, the music and and she's and like maybe she's watched rehearsals. I don't know. Rita Hayworth 
I, I'm going to say something bold. I think this is my first Rita Hayworth movie ever that I've okay. seen. Okay. And watching her, the camera loves her. Yeah. The, the, she's, she's got a glow about her. And I don't know if that's, if they like had the fabric that she was wearing had like tinsel or something in it, or <laughs> if it was I, like, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Cause like she was mesmerizing and the, she's I think, beautiful. And that'll, that'll clue in and cover girl. If you want to like, that'll, that'll definitely be a part of that, you know, going forward. But yeah, she, she was a luminous, beautiful actress. And there's a reason why she in Gilda, there's the famous, you know, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Long time ago. There's a Long scene time. in which they're watching a movie in black and white and they're in the prison and they and they're like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's it's the moment with the hair. And then it cuts to Rita Hayworth. Oh, is that the doing the the yeah. what is now a gif meme where it's her? Yeah, where she flips up. her hair and then like does a little pose. It's her, okay. That's her. And that's this that's the put the blame on Mame boys where uh Anita Ellis does the uh does the does the dub for both of both both movies so that's the connection so we're doing a little Shawshank Redemption connection here too oh but yeah so yeah like so she comes down and like obviously she is the uh the muse of music music right yeah and dance art theater she's yeah theater that kind of that kind of thing Uh, but of course I'm just like when when she started getting in on that rehearsal, I wanted to scream. I wanted to ask, like, don't like to the to the to the the uh, the actually contracted star. I'm like, don't you have a union, girl? <laughs> Call your rep right the fuck now, because this bitch, like, I don't know what I I would have been like like going up to the piano and and slamming that that thing shut i'd be like no stop this what the fuck i would have been so, so this off. isn't how it works no this it's not how... how it works oh damn i gotta cancel some appointments then yeah uh... you can't do you can't no 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 i mean you can politely wait outside of the audition room and ask you know hey i'm i'm really well good for this role i would love to be seen but no you don't start doing this shit My and God. then and obviously she gets she lands the the role of Tripsickery, you know her name. What what uh who the character right. the character in the musical is yes. Yeah. Thank you. And then they're like, What's your name? And she can't say Tripsickery. So she finds a cat and says, Kitty. Now, my thought is why don't you call yourself like Terry? Terry or Teresa or yeah. something. Something like that. Cause it has like the same so this way. vowel openings but no she there's a cat in the theater for some reason maybe a mouser maybe at that time that's it so to go back <laughs> to what you were saying you you said that there was like one song in here that you liked was that kiss of the muse or was there another one that you were like okay i'll, I'll say it like two of them because there was the let's stay young no no was was the one the Let's stay young forever, I guess. That's the one where they gave her, where they're like, now you're going to sing Now you're going to sing, uh, sing a, the ballad. And she like glances at it and she's like, yes, I know it. Because <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> again, magic. Magic, exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then she duets with, uh, with Danny, played by Larry Parks, um, with it. Um, and I, I did a little research on Larry Parks, who plays Danny, who's the writer and 
and things like that. And he was dubbed, of course, by Hal Derwin, who was a 1940s band leader and recording artist. Oh. Um, and Larry Parks was, um, if anyone's seen uh, some old MGM musicals, uh, he was married to Betty Garrett, who was a, um, he was on, she was in On the Town. And okay. Good character actress, dancer. Wait, singer. was she the the cabbie in On the yes, Town? Yes, she was in the cabbie in On of the course. Town. Yes. Um, but Parks, remember this little thing called the House of Un-American Activities in 1951? Oh no. Yeah, he was one of the original 19 people who was blacklisted, so he never had a career after like 1951. He Holy was shit. he was nixed out of Hollywood and. So any chance, you know, this movie was made in, what, 1947? So, so this he, is probably one of his last ones. Last ones, yeah. I, I'm not sure how much more he did after this, but that's the reason why it wasn't his, you know. He was a decent actor, maybe not a decent singer, but he can always be dubbed. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Sad. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. I don't know how to come back from that. I don't know. So we're gonna try our darndest. I will. Uh, the other thing, as a as a fellow uh kind of sci-fi geek, I really liked the quantum leap esque uh, dynamic where no one can see Mister Jordan or the messenger except for Kitty slash uh, and and or uh, the agent McCorkle is like, where is he? Where is he? Is, is Mr. Jordan in the room? That kind of that kind of scene at the end. Uh, so I really liked that because I'm like, oh, it's it's like Al Calavici and Sam Beckett in Quantum Leap. Oh, you know, because that is a yet another callback to here comes Mr. Jordan, because uh, in yep, that exactly. the boxer whose name I forget yeah. um, can only see them. And so, right. I mean, the, that scene where. Uh, she has to pay her hotel bill. Yes, it was kind of funny. It was fun. The the actors who were like listening to the radio and it's like, oh, the racetrack. Oh, like they really <laughs> got into it, and I I actually noted that. I was like, that's 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 kind of old timey classic, even vaudeville, you know, comedy where it's about the situation and it's about the slight overacting, but it's about them really trying to slight? solve a problem. Slight. <laughs> slight, slight Come on. James Gleason and yeah. the, the other guy whose name I don't know yeah. uh, were trying so hard not to look at uh, Mr. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing that. I'm staring at the wall behind you, not directly at you. Yeah, exactly. Which, okay. So Mr. Jordan in this one is played by Roland Culver, mm-hmm. who... Alexander Hall, I believe, originally wanted him to play Mr. Jordan in Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Oh. But instead, they had Claude Rains. And can you blame them for going with Claude Rains? Like, ah, I love Claude. Like, I think that's the reason why I want to watch Here Comes Mr. Jordan now, because Mm -hmm. Claude Rains is in it, and I love everything he does. And he's he can be scary and funny and pompous and... And see all at once, and he's wonderful. <laughs> I haven't seen Here Comes Mr. Jordan. I've seen yeah. other iterations of that movie because um, they've made it like four or five times. Yeah. One, outside of this one, one of thing is called Down to Earth, I think, or something. Some... Yes, and that's Chris Rock. Chris Rock, exactly. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right. But um, I think Roland Culver did a fantastic job, and he played it more like fatherly. Yeah, he's like, okay. 
because I mean, like he's kind of god he's basically god he's he is god yeah without calling him god calling him god exactly <laughs> yeah exactly um oh so the the another thing i need i need to another thing i need to mention we you and i have watched a lot of classic hollywood movies we talked about them and yes. a lot and a lot of them they do a show within a show kind of a thing yes why is it always a trope that they walk off set still in costume <laughs> What do you mean they walk they walk like out the door in their own costume? Yes. Like they yeah. leave the stage to go outside and out to dinner. Do what something else <laughs> or run run to the their lover. Yeah. <laughs> Professor love to somebody still in their stage costume. And I was yeah. just like, why is this a trope? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's because so they don't I... want to have a scene where they're changing and they don't wanna like and she looks fabulous in it, so she's just gonna go out and you know. Got I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I gotta say though, as like my introduction to a Rita Hayworth movie mm-hmm. or Rita Hayworth starring starring movie, I don't think this is the worst one. Well, isn't that to be uh, seen? <laughs> well, so I mean, <laughs> I think her performance in it is what I'm talking it's pretty about. Pretty decent, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, like I said, she glows. Um, that Greek ballet moment. <laughs> Which one? The first one or the second one? All of uh, them. Okay. <laughs> the one the one where it's like 10 minutes it's, long and it's yeah. the out-of-town tryout one. Right. I was just like, okay. But like, I, I feel I, like hey. she's a mover. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she sells it. She sells it. Yeah. I did like the giant pink column hats that some of the girls were wearing that looked like kind of like pointy penises. <laughs> and anytime there's well-oiled muscular dancer boys, like wearing it. almost nothing in these tan outfits. That's to simulate fine. that they're nude. To simulate that they're basically nude. I That's fine. But that didn't catch, capture my interest because it's just like you don't know what the hell is going on. And... Are we supposed to, I, I think I wrote this, uh, like, this is an Alvin, Ailey, Julie, Tamer, gone completely wrong sequence. On drugs, yes. It's way right. too much, long, we get the joke almost from the beginning, and what what was the the actual movie audiences, the 1947 movie audiences of the time, supposed to feel at this point? Are they supposed to be entertained, but then bored? Are they supposed to be laughing? Oh, yeah. What were they supposed to be feeling? Because... It just it just went on, like you said, for way too long. And this is a moment where it's a again another trope in movies still to this day, where they're doing a performance and you're like, This is not real. You can't do this on that stage. If they were it at like present day Lincoln Center or like uh, Kennedy Center or or the Met Opera or something where it's a huge, huge stage. Huge stage, yeah. Then yes, yeah. you can do they, that. But you're supposed to be like a small out of town. <laughs> yeah. And they could have gone, you know, to, to rescue it. They could have gone the singing in the rain thing where they're, you know, the audience, they have audience reactions. And singing in the rain, they're watching the first sound attempt. And the sound is out and the sequences are out. And it keep and, and you know, the sound quality is awful and it cuts to audience members going you know what is this going on what is he are you hitting her with us they're making they're making jokes the audience is laughing and making jokes about it which is yeah because it's weird in this movie where you have the reviewers hating it but then you have 
the older the long, crowd the long hairs which is hilarious yeah, which is the people with money right but they're not the they're not the the demographic that is going to continually go to see the show right and you know okay buy the popcorn in the audience and watch it you know over and over and over again so yeah you're right because they because the they audience. when they invite her to dinner to to be their singing puppet at dinner or something right. i was like i wrote i don't understand how this is bad yeah the, i i did write down a couple of um a couple of uh funny lines i really liked talking about the moment for about the 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 hoity-toity people liking it i said the rich long hairs go for it you're dead um modern audiences want a show for people who like jive and baseball and hot dogs i'm like that yep that's true and broadway is kind of the same thing you know we've got we've got the hoity-toity stuff but then we have you know, Beetlejuice, the, Beetlejuice, and Six. <laughs> I love Beetlejuice, but be, you know, but, but you but know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, exactly. They know, know their demographics they know and their demographics. It's all the Disney. Disney knows how to do Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and and Frozen and all that stuff. And yeah, oh, to kind of tie it in, I'm so excited for Hercules. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Still haven't it's, covered it's it. It's a long, <laughs> long time coming. That's, yes, that's all I'm saying. Um, and then, and then uh, there was a moment where they go back to New York City before, I think either before they they revamp everything, and one of the one of the audience members says, "I adore musicals. I'm so tired of thinking." <laughs> and I <laughs> laughed so much because I'm like, "Yep, them's my people. Yep, I understand." This is also post World War II, so yeah. audiences I think are just looking for. Escapist entertainment. Escapist entertainment. They just don't want to be lectured about the the troubles. It's like right now, I don't want to see a pandemic, you know, story. I don't want anything about that. I just want. Oh, don't don't watch NCIS, but uh, old episodes of NCIS when they're like when they're like, oh, it's a terrorist attack. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't watch that. Uh, But so the other thing too about this movie, I feel like, is that. Mm -hmm tonally it doesn't know what it wants to be yeah because you yeah. have very serious dramatic moments especially the uh what comes to mind is the the um when they travel back in time to when danny made that deal with the, the gangsters deal. or I whatever lo- i i hate a flashback in the mi- middle it's a flat you realize it's a flashback within a flashback Within a, movie, within a flashback movie <laughs> the whole movie is a flashback because the agent is telling us the story yes then the lead character tells a flashback about why he's doing why he needs this the show to be a no who, who says it who talks no who says it? she her and mr jordan go back in time to oh, that's see, right to see it to so, see it yeah and then they flash forward flash. in time uh, that somehow know. the agent knew about that see i think uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah exactly and there's a there's a moment there's a moment oh right there is a moment at the end where it catches up with itself yeah. and and the detective like, kitty comes back him. yeah yeah well she goes is it up- kitty we're well, gonna. I'm gonna ask the same question in the next episode. Yeah, it's. it's is it Kitty? It's Kitty. It's or terp- is it Terpsichore? It's Terpsichore, but she's but she's waited for him to pass on and come up to heaven, and 
or coming to the Christian heaven, I guess, and and wants to get on the plane with him. Well, so well, well, no, no. More what I'm asking about okay. is this very end where yeah. um, uh, uh, Max Corkle finishes yes. his story, and right. the cops there are like, "We don't believe a word you're saying." And all of a sudden, Rita Hayworth comes bustling into his office and s- repeats the lines that she said in the in theater. The first place, yeah, in the theater. So that I'm asking if that woman is Kitty. Oh, or Tripsickery. I thought it might have been Mr. Jordan, like a messenger from Mr. Jordan kind of taking over. Oh. Because Mr. Jordan has a little bit of, like, he can kind of put his little hand in there. Well, because in the flash forward moment, when they see, um, when she sees Danny, where Mr. Jordan says the bullshit line of the spirit never really ages. And I was like, you guys just didn't want to put old age makeup on him. Yeah. I get or cast somebody else. Yeah. I get it. Um, and then you see yeah, yeah. them meet and spoiler, go on the plane. Spoiler alert. He this the the show is a hit and he and he does a lot of hits afterwards. But I think he only has like three or four years or something, doesn't well, it? Well, there say? was some gray, so a little I think, bit of gray. But I was thinking maybe age... a decade at least, mm, okay, or at most. They seem, they seem to say that he only had like just a few years. To oh, go really? Okay. Afterwards. I thought. Afterwards, I thought but everything, it was... but everything that he did after that was a hit, was a success. Mm. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So maybe he had did like two or three shows. They wrote really quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then he or got had, some grades. He had there. them in he had them in his uh, back pocket ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I mean yeah. this this movie also has uh what I call uh multiple ending syndrome <laughs> where you think it ends one time and then you're like, "Oh, that was a good movie." Uh, oh, it's still going. Oh, oh it's still what's going. going on. Oh, uh, we have 20 oh, more minutes. Yeah. Oh, oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, they're on the plane. They're leaving and okay, now it says the end. Okay. So that it's that kind of feeling. There's a couple of modern movies that have that where you're just like, either was it Lord of the Rings, the ending of that, and uh, the AI movie from Spielberg. There was like five different endings oh. for each of those movies. It's that kind of that kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. But with but so mm-hmm. when they're when they're in the flash forward, she bet present day Tripsickery sees future Tripsickery with Danny go on the plane, but present day Tripsickery asks Mr. Present day Mr. Jordan, "Hey, make me human." Right. And so I don't know if that's what actually happens at the end. The logic, the the science fiction brain in mine is like Tripsickery left the sh- leaves the show because it's it's going to be a success no matter if she's in it or not because it's like it's done well that's also the deal that she made with right, exactly so she goes back to to grecian uh not heaven but they the, say the name things. of it and i forgot yeah valhalla or whatever whatever it is not mount olympus not it's another mount olympus. Name. yeah exactly and then she patiently waits and then he dies and then she goes i'm gonna join him on the on the plane and now i'm gonna be with him right well but then but then is that wait is but like that woman that runs into max's office at the very end is that rita hayworth no no that's not that's someone else that's totally someone else like i said that might be like mr Mr. jordan (laughs) i thought because she also has the rita's reddish hair and i was like is this her it's supposed this to be her, right. It was supposed to be a doppelganger to to uh to kind of 
uh, clue the detective in that the agent was telling the truth all along. Okay. That's that. Okay. That was the Deus Ex Machina in the form of some floozy, you know, chorus girl going, "Oh, I, I do the same thing." Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. <gasps> oh, we went on a journey, on, and this is episode one. I know. I also, I also wrote down a couple of other lines. I love the like when when they when they know that the the show's going to be a hit. They go, we'll have them tossing their wives in the air. What? That's okay. <laughs> okay. So like confetti, like you'll have them tossing their wives in the air. Um, and then also, I think a joke that the messenger seven zero one three said, um, the nights are six months long in Brooklyn. <laughs> Because they were threatening to send him to Brooklyn to do some job there. And he's like, no, don't send me to Brooklyn. The nights are six months long in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> they make yeah. uh, New York City jokes. We love New them, York don't City we? New York City jokes. We, we take them. We take them and we eat them for breakfast. I can say kind of say I'm a New Yorker now. <laughs> um, What else? Do I have anything else? Oh, oh, okay. So the gangster in the movie that Danny makes a deal with, is he the basic? Angel quote-unquote is that what he was called because he's a producer of the show well is he supposed to be the devil but mm-hmm. like not not like the actual devil personified but obviously it's dark and shady and everything and yeah. like to me i was like he's making a deal with the devil yeah he's the they... only villain really in this whole thing that besides Terpsichore... <laughs> yeah that dies besides terpsichore's you know being a bitch but ego yeah, ego yeah exactly um yeah i mean he was he was he was the only antagonist in the entire thing yeah external, you gotta ha- you gotta have some reason for the show to really matter with a capital m and that's i know, just i producer. just <laughs> i agree with you though i wish that like the show within the movie made sense. Yeah. Prior to the changes. Yeah. And and the whole physics of heaven are very weird. You Yeah, die. where the messenger didn't know that she was a muse. Yeah, or she and you die, you go to purgatory, you get on a plane, but but they know that if Danny dies, there's two alternatives like he has, but he, his fate has an undetermined circumstance. So it's like, what is, are we, are we a Greek fate thing? Or are we a Christian <laughs> religion? Like I'm putting all gods on one plane of existence that they can jump from one to the next. And I think Mr. Jordan says something about trades. Like, how does this work? Oh, it's trade secrets. I'm like, fuck you writers. Come on, come up <laughs> with a logic where all these different afterlives or other lives exist on the same plane otherwise (laughs) at least the mcu says that valhalla is like aliens they're basically really powerful aliens right they're they're justifying things and everything so at least we've got that but find something like that i'm angry as a as a fellow musical theater sci-fi geek make it make it make sense i was having a bit of nostalgia while watching this movie and so when I was in high school, Uh-oh. we did Heaven Can Wait as a show. <gasps> I played 
it's funny because myself and bestie of the pod, Lauren Gismondi, yes, played opposites each other. Yeah. I was like an, an inspector and she was a cop, if I remember correctly. I don't remember our names. Oh my but gosh. The beginning starts, or there's a scene where we are, I think I think it actually is the beginning, where we start off in heaven. Mm-hmm. And our show actually had a little plane that we had to like duck in and everything. Yeah. And then we would like run around the theater, come back uh, uh, to the other side of the stage and enter as a new soul and like, you know, oh. throw a hat on and be somebody different. Cute. So watching this, I just was, yeah. So... <laughs> You're welcome, everyone, is, for a little glimpse video? into my childhood. That's, that's I want to see high school video, if it exists. Oh no! <laughs> is there? I think that should be like an extra special, like like a, a special like post extra, if I can find it. Of, okay. Of, of, of yes, a little extra video post. Okay. I'll, I'll share I'll... you my Hello Dollies and and <laughs> Mama Roses. Yeah. Well, I will. Uh, I'll have to dig it up. Maybe okay. Lauren has it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I so so like for me watching this, I knew Heaven Can Wait as Heaven Can Wait, not right. Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Right. So like I knew that story. Did you know this th- that movie or show before watching this movie? I had heard of Here Come Mr. Jordan. I had no idea what the story was or that Heaven Can Wait was a remake of that. And I had no idea until I started looking at Wikipedia after I watched Down to Earth to realize that it was a sequel or built to be a sequel. Okay. You know. Because, like, they do give you the recap of Here Comes Mr. Jordan. <laughs> right. And the agent says, oh, this happened to me once before with my with when I was... When you know, I was a, doing was a boxer, doing I had a boxer, boxer. Yeah. and I was just I, while I was watching, I'm like, okay, that sounds like you have a, had a schizophrenic issue before. <laughs> and then when I read, I'm like, oh, that's a callback. Okay, got it. It's the same actor, the same okay. character. Got it. Yeah. So the okay. So ideally for you though, um, prior to you doing ex- research and everything, mm-hmm. did it all make sense to you? though like all of this all of the here comes mr jordan tie-ins yes once eventually yeah i figured i'm like oh oh no no i mean initially watching it no i was like why are you talking about a boxer this is so (laughs) weird and everyone being very like and the fact that max corkle the agent knew who mr jordan was and kept yelling for mr jordan i was like what's happening why okay well we're doing a flashback he'll explain who the fudge mr jordan is and i guess for audience that you censored yourself (laughs) (laughs) you know it's for 1947 audiences who are listening um you know it's that it's that kind of like okay for those who hadn't maybe seen the first movie this is like a way to get everyone else up to speed so i kind of got it it was just little moments that i'm just like i don't understand the logic of any of this because i you know thinking we sometimes we think about it and we talk about how and you actually mentioned earlier about how like audiences in 1947 would have received this movie mm-hmm. imagine date night you're going to the movies and you are just seeing this blind you don't know here right. comes mr jordan like i want to know I would like to talk to somebody who saw this in 1947, right. not I'm, seeing yeah. Here Comes Mr. Jordan, and be like, did you know what, what was happening? What the hell was it? I mean, did it, you it look at your date and up. go, what the fuck? <laughs> it caught me up eventually, I think. And But the first scene, I was just, okay, I'm just rolling with this. 
and it, I just the problem was when once uh, the other songs started coming in and and the show within a show and we even didn't even talk about the let's stay young forever the ballads that came in and the the song on the train there was a song on the train train they can't well that one was another uh rendition of let's stay young forever was it yes okay yeah because it it was like like the ensemble now sings it it was was so generic like and there was this i don't know and the 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 best friend who was like bad-mouthing terpsichore uh eddie who had no personality like there's just they were it just lost me so many times just going uh it just needed more it, it needed more. a pa- another writer to take yeah, a pass at it, it or something needed a little bit more oof, mm-hmm. you know and like I, the right the writers of singing in the rain would have taken this and polished it to something shining and logical and a shining turd beautiful a shining turd <laughs> even if the music was if the music was as good as the opening number i would have been fine and see i didn't really hate i mean this can't be legal was just weird i didn't understand it yeah. but the rest of the music i was like okay okay for me it was the lyrics if the lyrics were a little bit better throughout Got it i see yeah you know yeah yeah uh yeah is there anything else you want to talk about before we get it to sharp and flat gosh i think i think we hit most of it i just there was we're always going to be missing something and that's what i'm learning (laughs) i think i think oh there was there was one shot in the train while they were singing the 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 group solo there was a random shot of this woman with brown hair and she looked kind of like the Wicked Witch of the West. She was just like, had this <laughs> sour look on my face, on her face. And I was just like, who is that woman? Why did it cut to her? I feel like- Is it Margaret like, Hamilton? I, like, I just, I, yeah. It, it <laughs> just, no, I think, I think I- Okay. Let's get into Sharp and Flesh, shall we? Yep, sure. Sharp Flesh. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we like it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Um, what do you want to start with? We'll leave it up to you. Um, I want to flat the... Okay, so the, we'll start with flats. I, I mean, I've already raged against a lot of things. <laughs> but the finale... I, I, mm. In the... Like, what are we talking about? It's kind of a cute song, but... Where it's suddenly dancing around in a in a playground, in in a park, a public park, and there's a, this nameless other woman dancing around as a, to make a, a foursome of of the two sail- soldiers, and yeah, because like I just and it's not good enough music to entertain me, and I was just like, just end the show, end the show. How is this a hit? How is this a hit? That's. I think they were going for the Gene Kelly dream ballet moment. Yeah, I guess. But they he tried. did so much better. He well, so I said they were trying to go for it. Oh, I didn't gosh. say they succeeded. They were trying. Oh, uh, do you have God. any other flats? Um, I think I've already said. So, like know. the whole movie, basically. I mean. <laughs> Majority just, of the movie. <laughs> it just needed another take. Another. Another work, work on it. 
I need to be watched workshopped off. Yeah. Need to be workshopped, (laughs) workshopped, uh, off, off in Connecticut somewhere and then brought back. Um, okay. So this is going to sound weird. Okay. My, one of my flats is the color scheme of the movie. Hmm. If you look at everyone's costumes, it's all like dull. The playground scene. Right? They're not vibrant. They have some glitz here and there, but it's not vibrant. And so I was wondering. A dull green or a dull grassy or a dull. Yeah. I was just wondering because, like, maybe. I don't know. Well, so I thought, was this supposed to be in black and white? Because looking Mm -hmm. at the time time period, Mm -hmm. I know we are well into color at the colored movies at this time. Right. But. It is also after World War II, so there is somewhat of, like, budgetary restraints. Yeah, and them. they were still making black and white movies. They were just the budgeted, low budget. Right. Versions. And so that's what made me think, maybe this was supposed to be in black and white. And they just and, shot And they were like, you know what? Finally. Let's just do color. <laughs> yeah, and, maybe. Because, like, like, really, her green dress is the only vibrant color. Mm-hmm. And her hair. But, like, fat, like clothing-wise. Yeah. story. Because, you know, you want to tell a story as well in costume and everything. And I think I've said that before on here. If not, now I am. So, like, the fact that it's all muted, pastel. There's the scene where they're in Philadelphia talking about going back to what the show was. Everyone is in, like, gray. Yeah, it's a very And I was like, this is boring. Even she's in gray. It could have been that the costumer hadn't done a technical or... I have no idea who did the costumes. I don't want you know, yeah. I don't want to like put that on their plate. Yeah. I just felt like, you know, you wanted something else. You wanted I wanted something else. Plus Rita pop. Hayworth is supposed to be the lead. So like like moments like that when it's a uniformed ensemble color, like you want your leads or your yellow speaking or roles a bright pink or something, pop, yeah. Popping, yeah, pop you know, yeah. blue even. Yeah. Um and then I there's a lot of other costumes that I'm just questioning <laughs> with a chorus, especially. So, I'm sorry. So you went with music because that's your background. I'm going with costumes because like yeah. there's some <laughs> costumes that I was just like, what are you doing? The music, the real, the real muses, quote yeah. unquote, the some of the costume pieces in the show. It's within yeah. the movie. Oh, I have to tell you. About, so we're watching the opening scene you know, the kiss of the muse and I'm loving the tight harmony. And my husband is, is, I think he was on his iPhone just, but kind of looking up and watching with me. And he looks at all the, the chorus girls doing, playing all the muses. And he's like, are those her nipples? Are we what are we looking at her nipples? And I looked at them very closely. I'm like, okay, so I can understand they're not actual nipples, but they are very well built into the costumes because they all have the same nipple (laughs) and they all you know it's like because women don't have necessarily the same nipples from one woman to the next but they are built into the costumes to look like they have very sheer clothing on and you can see their nipples it's like you can look at and that's for and this is 1947 where like that's a no-no but i'm just saying if that'll just if everyone who wants to see the nipples it's in the first like 15 minutes watch it okay so we're ending on a high note okay do you have any sharps first of all <laughs> i love the 
the vocal dubs for the women. I love K-Star and I love Anita Ellis because I loved how beautiful their voices were on, on whatever songs they were singing. Very, very excited about that. And they did their stuff off camera <laughs> and someone else lip synced. Uh-huh. But, yes. uh, but yeah. And I, like I said, I would, I would sing, uh, like tight harmony jazz stuff, like the opening, opening number anytime. And I'm, I, and I want to thank you for dropping these names because a lot of us hear about Marnie Nixon, but mm-hmm. we don't hear about the other voice people yeah. a yeah. lot. So thank you for, uh, shining a light on their names. Yep. Um, However, I'm going to sharp Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Um, I mean, again, in my minimal knowledge of her in movies, mm-hmm. she seems to always have a spotlight on her. Yeah. And so, yes, of course, cast her as a goddess, as a muse. Yes. That makes sense. Um, I also want to sharp. So we didn't talk about this. There's a mo- there's three moments in the movie where they go to newspaper clippings yes yeah the first one where they're giving different backstories for her i'm sharing yeah. that one because oh. like they what are because i love reading those sometimes because they, they it was like because they they started with the lie that she says that her father owns cows in texas and then yes. it just builds from a different animal in different state or like she's an orange heiress from Florida, I think, is one of them or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the in jokes and no one was able to like pause the movie. We we're able to pause the movie and actually read a lot of the They the keep it up there for a while yeah. though. So but sometimes I love I love pausing them and reading like And then the, reading the around and reading <laughs> reading something something else like, oh Mr. Sternberger had a baby today and he she named it or whatever it is and it's just really funny to these to read prop them. people had to actually make a newspaper make, page yes um and then so my last sharp mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna go on a journey with you right now oh, no. again <laughs> again so when they go back in time to the casino that danny is in and everything yes i'm sharpening the fact that it was silent and I Ooh. wish it kind of stayed that way. Silent in the sense of, because I don't remember, silence in the sense of no music or nothing. just voiceover? You heard nothing. And it was oh. just Rita, it was just Kitty and Mr. Jordan talking. Oh, that's right, talking. And everything, everyone around them was was quiet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, and like then when they too. go into the office with the gangster guy, that's when the sound comes back on and they're talking. But part of me wishes it was all silent. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like it's a it, to me it seems interesting and your little sci-fi brain might also appreciate this mm-hmm. where it's like you see you can only see the past. The past you, can't you can't hear it. Yeah. Because yeah. like I mean this is a great audio medium. Everyone's going to hear this whenever right. I upload it and edit it and everything and you could always go back to it, which right. is a great Timestamp, timepiece, and that's what this movie is too. You know, Rita Hayworth is that age at that time in that scene, married to Orson Welles. Um, yes, that's true fact. Uh, wow. <laughs> so I think it's just a fascinating approach to like when you're going to a, a live thing 
that is not pre-recorded or anything like that you only see it you can't yeah. hear it yeah it's a, that's a, that's i had forgotten that scene and I, I agree with you that that's a cool that's cool um would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist you can say no I, I probably will. This is one of those movies where I probably won't. I might quote the, you know, the muses dance in the beginning, but only if, only if I'm singing with tight harmony, which I sometimes do, but I, yeah, it's not worth it to me. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, um, apologies to Doris Fisher and Alan Roberts. I hope you're dead and <laughs> and 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 you know forgiving me from heaven right now uh they're on the plane they're uh, on the plane <laughs> forgiving me i wrote down let's stay young forever cuz i i like you also liked anita ellis's voice mm-hmm. and so it sounded nice i think that one, that's the one though that, that that's really the only one i would listen to yeah. outside of this movie and on that note i think Sierra, think number We're, one is done number one is done uh okay do you want to do plugs on this one or do you want to do it on the third one you know what let's do it on all three of them actually sure sure <laughs> uh what do you have to plug or promote well um as of now i don't have anything at the moment uh you can still catch me on hulu in fleischman is in trouble i have a couple of episodes i like seeing as, your pictures as, i haven't seen it yet but i like Carrie. seeing ah! Ah! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm too busy watching these movies to talk to you about. Of course. That. No, I understand it. Um, and uh, and you can catch me Sierra Rine S I E R R A R E I N on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. And I will update as I go to see if I book anything coming up. Lovely. Yeah. Um, as stated earlier. We're doing a live episode. Well, okay. So it's weird because it's not a real episode. It's like a cabaret event. And <laughs> Sierra is one of our singers. Yay. Um, we're still figuring out what she's going to sing. Yeah. But, uh, It'll be from one of the music movie musical episodes that we, in particular, uh, mm-hmm. that I was a part of. Um, so it could be any of the ones that I've talked about before. She's singing Let's Stay Young Forever, everyone. Let's Stay Young. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's not. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's Life's But a Song live. It's happening at the Lori Beachman on February 19th at 4 p.m. Uh, Sierra and a bunch of others, you know, gotta leave some air of mystery, right? Uh, some other friends, besties of the pod are coming together um, because I ordered them to. And we are... <laughs> doing a little cabaret thing and it Yay. might be a future episode but if you are in new york come it's the Lori beachman tickets are 15 dollars uh there is a 25 dollar food and drink minimum on top of that but like come come hang out for 40 bucks come on that's fun right and i will say the drinks are amazing at the Lori beachman because the west bank cafe is right upstairs and they make a mean martini and that is food and drink so yes. like if you don't drink like me you can have some delicious food there exactly um but the uh the other thing i want to talk about plug is uh my uh my socials might as well um if you i don't know if you know somebody who <laughs> saw this movie in 1947 without seeing here comes mr jordan 
reach out. I want to hear what they thought of it or what you can talk about. Uh, my Our email is buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttasongpod. Did you like this movie? <laughs> I mean, we Sierra and I really didn't. Yes. But if you have a if you have a strong argument as to why it's a great movie, I'd love to hear it. Uh, and Sierra's coming back, and like I, I said at the top of the episode, on the next episode, we are well, we're doing another second chance theater number three. It is Xanadu, everyone. I'm so happy you asked me to mm. do come back for this one. Get your roller skates on, Yay. everyone. <laughs> We're we're singing yellow the whole time. <laughs> um, Sierra, thank you for being here for part one of three. Yes. <laughs> um, and everyone, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.